This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. Thanks for joining me today. While you're here, please make sure to like and subscribe, hit the red button. If you're listening to this on podcast, please make sure to leave a review as this allows my content to get in front of more people. And thank you for that. My name is Judy Cho and I'm board certified in holistic nutrition. I have a private practice and we focus on root cause healing and often that starts with the carnivore cures meat only elimination diet. Today I'm very excited. I sat down with Phil Escott. Phil is a carnivore coach and he's so funny. And we just had a good talk about autoimmune illness, how he healed his own psoriatic arthritis and autoimmune illnesses with a carnivore diet. Phil is a health and lifestyle consultant, a seven year carnivore, and a drummer. Phil Escott got chronically ill as a vegetarian, and his body revolted with psoriatic arthritis. Phil's eventual combination of a carnivore diet with EMF and artificial light avoidance, cold thermogenesis, And even focusing on emotions has helped him cure some of these incurable diseases that he suffered from. Phil talks from personal experience about contemporary lifestyle and diet choices, disconnects from our ancestral heritage, emotional balancing, and the simple but often misunderstood nature of spiritual awakening. Phil now consults with clients worldwide, helping them to reverse their metabolic and autoimmune issues. Phil and I talk about a lot of the nuances with meat only carnivore and healing autoimmune. We talk about some of the hiccups where we know. Notice people aren't fully healing when they have autoimmune illnesses. So make sure to listen to the whole interview. Let's get right into the interview. Hi, Phil. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to get to know you more and share more about you with our community.、Um, if you can share and introduce yourself for the people that are listening and watching. Yes. Hi, Judy. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a great honor. I'm a big fan. Your work is amazing. Thank you. And、uh, yeah, so sorry everybody for appearing sweaty, sunburned, and half dressed. We have a massive heat wave here. It is, you know, we English, we can't cope with this kind of thing. It's boiling. It's like approaching 40 degrees, I think. Just doesn't happen to us here. Oh, wow. But、uh, yeah, so who am I? Well,、um, I am a health consultant, an author, and drummer. And all my life, really, I mean, 
I'm 60 now, but all my um, adult life, really, I've been really fascinated with health and diet and exercise and everything like that. And uh, oddly now, with the path that life has taken, I used to uh, write articles and books on plant-based eating and all that kind of thing, you know, in the 90s. And um, then, to cut a long story short, I could tell health was declining, but of course, I didn't want to accept that it was anything to do with veganism or vegetarianism. Not that I was at all militant or closed-minded, but nobody had just really told me anything that I needed to hear. As soon as I did hear it, I was onto it. But uh, in 2010, after a load of niggling health issues that I didn't really address or know how to address, I ended up with really crippling psoriatic arthritis, which is basically like rheumatoid arthritis, just another form of autoimmunity. And it was really severe. You know, I was uh, completely crippled and lying on the sofa and seldom getting up. And during that time, I had a, an opportunity to do a lot of research. But my first move was to go vegan, of course, because I thought, right, I'm plant-based. What I really need now I'm sick is to go even more plant-based. So I'm going to go completely vegan. And, you know, juicing up all the spinach and everything. And all that did was leave me sort of coming down from 210 pounds at five foot 10 to about 120 pounds emaciated with kidney stones. <laughs> so, wow. you know, it, and it didn't do much for the joints. But then, you know, I mean, no, I was probably about 130 pounds or so. It was still with that sort of vegan belly, you know. And then having gone keto and done a load of um, cold thermogenesis and lying and eating mostly fatty meat and uh, more calories than I was before on a vegetarian diet. Suddenly I got my first set of abs at 50 years old, about 2012. I thought, now, no exercise whatsoever when I'd been doing tons, you know, running a gym, writing for mountain bike magazines, whatever. And I thought, right, everything is wrong here. And the joints started to heal with the most inflammatory food, as we know, red meat. Right. And, uh, and, and everything started to come right. And I, I wrote my book, um, Arthritis is the best thing that ever happened to me because it is really. It's got me to uh, meet all these wonderful people and do everything I do now. I wrote that in about 2013, 2014. And I hadn't really even discovered full carnivory. But in 2015, when I went full carnivore, things turned up another notch again in my health. And it was um, really eye-opening. And, you know, that's where we are now. And since then, I've, um, I've, I've I started a you know, a couple of people off a, off a paleo group who I, um, Facebook group that I used to frequent um, just to buzz around and take take the mickey out of their um, paleo desserts and banana pancakes and stuff. And they said, I hear you've gone fully carnivore. Can you start up a Facebook group? So I started up 100% carnivore and beyond, I think, for about five people. And uh, <laughs> and then it sort of exploded. And, I mean, it's not as big as Sean's, but I sort of look at it now and I think, well, you know, how come I've got a 16,000 sort of – following on there it's great it's really nice and it's it's cheeky it's naughty it's not as serious as the other groups and um then i got to working with um dr jeremy ayers graham norbury ben hunt and uh john gusty and the human unleashed and the red pill revolution um team and and we've done books and whatever about that and it's just been wonderful you know learning from these guys too and doing consults and seeing this beautiful healing that i know you see as well which is why we all spout about this stuff you know yes exactly um I wanted to ask you a couple questions from your bio that you just brought up and thank you for that. That was really mm -hmm. helpful. Do you think there was a specific cause that caused the arthritis to flare? Was there something that caused the autoimmune? Do you think it was the diet, your lifestyle? Um, so that's one. And then two, what made you start eating meat? Well, I, I think what caused it to flare was years of, of eating grains and pulses. <laughs> okay. And uh, I, but, but then again, the real flare 
was actually after they put a camera down my throat. And as they always do with people who are on those kind of diets, they diagnose hiatus hernia. So they put me on one of those, um, um, what are they called? Lanzoprazole, omeprazole thing. Oh, they're proton pump inhibitors. Proton pump inhibitors. There we go. And that was the last straw, I think, that really made it completely mm-hmm. severe. I think that just destroyed my gut. They're, they're horribly dangerous things, and they've, they've you know. Uh, but I mean, leading up to it, I was just living on um, on non-steroidal anti-inflammatories because my back was hurting. I had iritis, you know, uveitis, whatever, and and that is often a sign that there is something hideously wrong with the with the immune system. And uh, and and I just didn't understand the connection between them. I was still in that phase where I thought, you know, one part of the body's gone wrong and it hasn't got anything to do with another part. I mean, not really, but. I was still fooled into going to, to different departments at the hospital, you know. Okay. And um, I think that, um, you know, this is a, obviously a completely useless way to look at the body. There should be a human body department and a, a trauma department, right, you know, where they fix people up and where they can look at everything in the, in the other department. But I, I, I made rheumatologists so angry. You know, one was actually eventually actually shouting at me and frothing at the mouth the last time I went, when I actually went to tell him how well I was doing and how I was better than anyone in his waiting room. But they don't want to hear that, you know, except for the very open-minded. And uh, how did I actually start eating meat? Well, it was it was one day finding a website. I think it was called beyondvegetarianism.com or something. And I found it, and it was two vegetarians, actually, or ex-vegetarians. And there wasn't the info out there like it is now. You know, it was this was 10 years ago or whatever. <laughs> and I found... Um, found these two guys one had stayed vegetarian but one had gone back to meat but they both admitted that you know through our ancestry we'd always eaten meat and we were adapted to it and mm. i thought straight away you know i didn't argue with it like if you tell that to a vegan like they, they end up sending you death threats and stuff like i get on my youtube channel but i it, the, the, it just made sense to me and so i started to do it i made mistakes at the start and started you know eating pork and chicken too much which kind of keeps the inflammation going particularly when you're very sensitive but I, I found then, you know, I, I went into the whole Natasha Campbell McBride thing and the um, the GAPS diet, and, and and it was it was very helpful. But I, you know, when I see the difference between people doing stuff like that, or even just going carnival when they're very sick and they've got raging autoimmunity, when I see the difference between that and when they actually go fatty beef, lamb, salt, and water, and and it's just a totally different ball game. You know, they heal up so much quicker than if they even mess about with egg whites and chicken and pork and whatever yes. and dairy, um, which is great. You know, if somebody comes to you with diabetes or whatever, that, that'll mop it up easily. But with, with the autoimmunity, it can get a little bit more complicated. But also all the other factors, you know, that I like to look at, like the, the light, um, the um, emotional issues that, you know, all of this is part of health. And it, it, as I heard you say on one, on, on one podcast, I think you were talking to my friend, Anthony, you know, and, and he was saying, um, you were, you were saying that stress is so huge with, with everything. Yes. And it's a mitochondrial disruptor on its own. And people don't even understand what stress is usually. Right. And people think that stress is just normal in our lifestyle. So therefore, it's okay when it actually does a huge impact on our body. Let's talk a little bit about autoimmunity, though. What do you think causes um, a lot of the autoimmunity? I mean, obviously, I think it's very heavily related to the gut and the gut's function obviously the lifestyle and and the stress load as well. But what from all of your clients that you work with that are in the autoimmune space of carnivore, what have you seen that maybe some of the biggest reasons why people are ill with autoimmune illness? Hey guys, just to let you know, my Carnivore Cure book is back in stock. 
For nine months, it was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. Well, I think it's all epigenetics. It's all what we put into our body or what,、um, <clears throat> you know, the ruling classes have put into our bodies. And I don't know how much we can, I don't want to blow up your channel and talk too much about things, totally fine. things that they stick <laughs> into your arms. But, you know, a, a lot of those things I, I'm seeing at the moment, an awful lot of、um, either amplified or new autoimmune cases、mm-hmm. from, you、Same. know, these, these things that they're sticking in us. It's quite horrific, actually. There's, there's enormous amounts of that. Most people aren't seeing it or even identifying it.、Um, and it's also very much more difficult to treat when that's happened. You know, the, the, the,、uh, the autoimmune issues are also really exacerbated by the people who are trying to fix them. I find that if somebody comes to me with rheumatoid arthritis that has just been diagnosed and they've done nothing about it, it's an awful lot easier to fix than somebody who's been on methotrexate for three to 20 years. You know, they, this, this sort of thing, the body has to, has to、uh, deal with the damage from that as well as the damage from the, the autoimmune condition itself. <laughs> But I, I find a really huge thing. I mean, I, I, my, my good friend, Dr. Jack Cruz, you know, he's, he's brilliant and, and his, his brain is the size of a planet. And I don't understand a tenth of what he says.、Uh, he's lovely. He did the foreword to my book and, and, and he's great. But, and he's always going on, stop being a diet guru, be a light guru, you know, and always talk about light because that matters more. And I understand his point, but when you see how quickly you can get relief from these crippling symptoms when you do go fully carnival, really high fat, then I think it's always worth covering it first. And, and also, I talk about diet a lot rather than the other stuff so much because there's so many myths built up around it, you know?、Right. You get, and there's so much more to bust, isn't there? You can, get, you can get some vegan and they're sick. And you say to them, right, you know, look at the light in your house, get rid of the LEDs, get some little red fluorescent,、um, you know, incandescent bulbs in, get some candles on the go, that sort of thing. Oh, very interesting. Yes, you know, get some sun exposure, get grounded, great. And eat meat. It takes you a month or, or more of deprogramming to get around that. So、um, I, I, I think that、uh, th- this kind of thing, it's, it's a combination with people, I think. When you see somebody with, You know, a massive amount of artificial light, and they're working nights, and they have,、um, they, 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 they have all kinds of stresses, and,、um, you know, the emotional balance is out, and whatever. That can often be bigger in a lot of people, but some people are really cool. They just eat bread and pasta all day. So, I, to me, I see it as a, as a whole wheel of health, you know, and there's a lot of spokes. And some people have problems with one spoke more than another. But, but the, 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 The way to give them confidence, I think, in the beginning, the quickest thing is just, I mean, I guess really the fastest thing is like a dry fast, second fastest water fast, and third fastest, you know, full on fatty carnivore. But you can't water fast or dry fast forever. And, and、uh, that, but that will bring down the symptoms. Even when I was vegan, I'd fast for three days, well, up to 11 days. But when on like that third, fourth, fifth day, I was running, I was jumping and running, and it was heaven. But of course, I had to eat in the end, and then the pain would always come back. But、um, I, I, I think that, you know, to, to, to be able to show them that and to show them some relief then gives them much more confidence that the other ancestral disconnects really are, are,、um, are, can also be a problem. This is why I've got a, a, an online autoimmunity course out there. I call it the subtraction method because to me, it's, it's much more powerful taking something away. 
than it is adding things. You know, people are always trying to do plant-based polypharmacy. You know, oh, this herb corrects this and this one. If you didn't need any of that stuff, you wouldn't need plant medicines to correct the problems that other plants have caused. And, you know, take them all away and short of oxalate dumping, which can be very uncomfortable, things tend to um, tend to sort themselves out, you know, pretty fast. I think a lot of what you said makes sense um, for a lot of my car- carnivore with autoimmune um, illness, which I think is a big portion of my community, actually. But if they were to do meat only, that starts giving them, like you said, it's one of the bigger spokes, I think, in the wheel, and they see healing, they may not get to healing that some other miracle stories in the carnivore community get to. But once they feel that much better, they realize that now maybe I can focus on the lifestyle, maybe I can focus on past trauma. I think I've seen a lot of people that have autoimmune, there's severe trauma in their past, maybe they don't even recognize it. But there's other areas of the lifestyle that we need to focus on to get to more healing. And I see it time and time again with these autoimmune folks. And the biggest thing is the biggest, um, I guess, lever would be that if you eat meat only and fatty meat only, I love that you love the fat, but the fatty meat only, that's where people really start feeling a lot of the inflammation go down and they start feeling better. I had a client try to get off prednisone and it wasn't smooth sailing, but it's even having these options to do things like that when they never could before meeting their RA and things like that. But for you, ever since going carnivore, do you now have less flares? Do you have zero flares? How is your um, experience with arthritis and um, and your any autoimmune illness? Well, I had it in a, probably about 30 joints, totally crippled. Okay. And um, it's out of all of them. I mean, I've got two that still have some damage. And what the hell? You know, I mean, I didn't get it right quick enough to stop that damage. I have a knee that doesn't bend fully and uh, it's the synovium is still thickened, but no, um, no, no um, inflammation or pain at all. I have one wrist, but that has actually been going since the early 90s and they misdiagnosed it as Kinebox disease. And then a huge flare hit about 2012 and I lost almost all the movement in it. But I, I've now the inflammation's out. I've got all the movement back that way. But this way is still a bit stuck. But it's enough to play drums fine, you know, and I don't really notice it at all until I do some push-ups or something. And then I notice it doesn't bend quite as much as the other one. But I got off very lightly, you know, when you see the horrific damage in other people. I mean, I've had x-rays on that knee and there's no hard, there's no bone damage. There's no cartilage damage, actually. It's just the synovium got very, very inflamed for quite a while. And I think it's a bit, uh, it's, it's like I, what my knee feels like is if you can imagine getting an oven glove and taping it onto the front of the knee, you know, and, and, and it's so it doesn't bend fully. It feels like there's some sort of pad on the front, but um, that's it. You know, no actual joint damage, just some synovium issues, but no inflammation anymore. No, I never have any pain or anything. You know, I'm, I couldn't pick up a drumstick 10 years ago and 60 now and I'm heaving heavy drum kits around all over the place and playing gigs constantly and running around. I've got young kids again. And, you know, I, it's, I'm absolutely fine. No, no worries at all. I mean, so many things reversed. The, um, I had sort of liver issues. I had fatty liver with cysts on the liver that disappeared. I had, um, I had kidney issues. I had, I had calcifications that I've seen disappear on scans. The only thing that I'd like to get better. The only thing that it's left me with is um, when I was a kid, I'd go out in the sun and just go absolutely black. I loved it. It was great. And then all through my plant-based years, I found my tolerance to the sun went down and down and down. And it got to the point for about 10, 15 years where 
I would, it's sort of more than 70 degrees. I'd walk to the car shielding my head from the sun, you know, and it was hideous. Mm-hmm. And I had no tolerance. I hated it. I would never even think of going out into the sun. And then as everything else started to resolve, I noticed that I loved the sun and I wanted to just run out there, you know, and lap it up. But my sun tolerance, instead of most people who, who seem to have got their sun toler- tolerance from about half an hour to about four hours or something, because this happens on carnivore a lot, yeah, my sun yeah. tolerance has gone from absolutely zero to about half an hour. And then I think, right, I'm done. I've had enough. I hate, I've been playing festivals recently, you know, and it's really hot in England, getting trapped out in the sun, don't like it. I love the sun, but then I love getting inside. And I I would love to know, you know, some way to really bolster that up. Maybe it'll come in time, maybe it won't. Maybe it's just something I have to realize was, was too damaged, you know, and I don't have any melanin left. But that's the only thing I can complain about. But when you think that, you know, I've reversed so many metabolic and autoimmune issues, I I can't complain. I'm just grateful every day I can walk up a flight of stairs without any pain, you know. In terms of the sun, one a couple things I would recommend with my clients is obviously the fats matter. So the more you're and it seems like you eat fatty meat, so that may not be your issue. But the other thing is sometimes some of my clients, if they um, play a little bit with the master minerals, so the calcium, magnesium, potassium, and sodium if they play with that a little bit, they can tolerate the sun just a little bit longer. So I know it's a little bit of a bandaid, but that can be maybe part of the reason. I'm not sure if your electrolytes are low. And then there's some markers you can also test to see one, the mineral levels, you can test like your ADH and osmolality. And then there's a marker of a of hormones. Um, it's called the melanocyte stimulating hormone, and you could test that. And that can also indicate how you're basically able to tolerate the sun in an in an off way but no that's brilliant um, I was was actually going to ask you anyway because I love I love getting (laughs) you know I I I ask everybody about these things how you learn and and that is yeah that is one thing that's that's kind of been a puzzle to me but it is you know uh, it's just ridiculously hot now but um you know it's uh it's 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 great to even be able to go out and tolerate it and to enjoy it and be able to get my vitamin d because before I, I I don't think I had any in fact but one weird thing was one very strange thing when I was very, very sick, I thought, right, it's definitely, um, it's definitely got to be something to do with vitamin D. I'll go get it checked. So I had my levels checked, and it was 183 in sort of English. It was like over what they said was a danger level. And my only explanation for that now is that whatever was being produced was just flying around the body, like calcium was at the time, you know. And it just mm-hmm. there's a very big difference, as you know, with what's in the uh, what's in the blood and what's actually in the cells so but I've never heard of a, a, um, a, a level that high before in somebody who hasn't been horribly supplementing you know um, and and I hadn't I hadn't been in the sun for like 15 years and I hadn't supplemented and yet it was 183 it's bizarre isn't it what the body does so I would also test the thyroid hormone or the PTH and all of those, you know, the markers that basically are measuring, you're creating the vitamin D markers. Um, you want to just kind of make sure that everything's functioning well. And then um, then I would just start going down the rabbit hole of, well, if it's not that the PTH part of the body is producing um, maybe some uh, too many of the hormones that are converting to vitamin D, or if it's not this imbalance of uh, calcium and vitamin D, if it's not magnesium, I mean, all of these things affect your vitamin D levels. I would consider all of those to try to get to root cause healing as to why. But in proportion of 
what you used to tolerate of the sun, which is zero, and now you can tolerate 30 minutes, I think that's a huge win. If you think about the people that maybe tolerate one hour and now they tolerate four, it's not a huge difference in terms of ratios. So maybe the other thing is just trying to extend the outside. Maybe you try like 35 minutes and then move to 40 and see if that can also help as well. Well, But I would try the elliptical. It's great in principle, but just when you get in the swing of that, then, then, you know, England just kind of clouds up and then you don't get any more summer. It's suddenly Mm -hmm. gone. I mean, we've got this now. We get these outrageous heat waves, and then suddenly they disappear. So it would be nice to have some consistent sun to do that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like you say, I'd love to have seen all those levels and thyroid levels and whatever back back in the day because I I didn't understand it. I didn't know what uh, anything about that now. But now I know that these things are all balanced out. You know, I mean, the the vegans. Um, it was funny because the the vegans came onto my channel and told me you must get some blood tests. We want to see. You know, I bet you're dying of diabetes or or heart disease, like Sean Baker. <laughs> Hilarious. And and so I thought, well, all right, I, I don't go anywhere near doctors anymore, but I thought I'll go and have the blood test done. And I did. And uh, everything was absolutely spot on, except for LDL up, you know, that was that was as, as it's expected to be. And, uh, you know, all the way through um, when I was plant-based, if I ever had a, um, a, a blood test, they, they would ask me, are you an alcoholic? Because I had fatty liver and I had cysts on the liver and whatever, and my liver results were all over the place and for the first sort of four years or whatever of going carnivore I was very very strict and didn't do anything else really and then I uh, I thought right you know I, I'm healed up I, I'm, I'm going to have a crack at some alcohol because I didn't even do it in my teens that was more time for you know uh, ganja and psilocybin mushrooms so I missed out on the alcohol thing so I thought all right my liver's fixed let's let's give it a go <clears throat> so <clears throat> I got into drinking a bit of brandy and stuff uh, probably a bit too much and it didn't affect me. And I thought, great, okay, I'll do that. And then when I went, but I thought, I'll be honest with the vegans and I'll tell them because I know my liver results used to be terrible, you know, when I was teetotal. And so I said to the nurse, because I said to her, well, my LDL's up. Uh, that's where I wanted to be because that's the, that's the diet, that's the high fat diet I'm on. And she went, we know. She said, great, it's a con to sell statins. And that was lovely. You're waking up to these things. That's brilliant. And, and then I said, yeah, but what about my liver results? Because they used to be terrible. And I do actually drink some alcohol now which I, I must stress, I do not recommend to people, all right? We make our mistakes and we take the consequences. And she looked at my liver results, went absolutely perfect. And I thought, wow, you know, uh, people have this great thing about alcohol, which is not good, you know, and it messes around the B vitamins and it pulls the thiamine out and all kinds of things. Don't do it, folks. Don't do it, kids. But it was interesting, the fact that I had never drunk all my life. And then when I was, my liver results at least were fine. <laughs> so the, all those those multiple bowls of crunchy nut cornflakes and cheese on pita bread and, and pasta and rice and dal, you know, that was messing my liver up more than the alcohol was. So Right. Interesting one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I interviewed with Dr. Richard Johnson, he talks about the multiple ways that our liver gets damaged. And one of the biggest ways is fructose and, and then the levels of uric acid and alcohol is one, but it seems like fructose, which basically breaks down very similarly to alcohol. And even if you're an alcoholic, you are not consuming as much alcohol as you were consuming carbs. Yeah. And that's just the reality of the fructose and why I mean, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is becoming prevalent in young children and it's causing disease and it's just, it's just, it's just the wrong way to eat. I wanted to ask you though, real quick, uh, how long did you notice that your arthritis or your autoimmune flares were lessening on um, really strict carnivore? And then, and then what do you kind of eat in a day? So you're saying fatty meat. I'm sure some people are wondering, well, what, what, what does that mean to you? Um, Well, you know, it, it was, it's difficult to tell with me because I was, I was pretty much mostly healed. 
with a keto diet, you know, with some veg okay. and a really, really high fat and, and meat. But I would need to do a load of other things. You know, I would have some kind of regimen. I'd have to be very strict. I'd have to, you know, get out in the sun um, in the morning and get the light in my eyes, really make sure my sleep was perfect, have cold showers, that kind of thing. And I was always trying to sort of do all these little fixes to mitigate it. But then when I went fully carnivore, I didn't have to do any of those things. And I could get really lazy and nothing else needed to be done, really. And so now I can, I don't live a perfect lifestyle because I'm, I'm, I'm now busier at 60 than I've ever been on the drums. And as you can imagine, uh, which I'm incredibly grateful for, but as you can imagine, uh, it's not a good lifestyle. You know, you're up late at night, you're under artificial lights. You're under, I don't eat junk though. You know, I mean, it's funny. I get to the end of a gig and it's sort of like, midnight or one in the morning and some guys sort of half my age in the band will say you know i like oh god i, I need a pizza or something i'm going i could do the gig again you know, my, my energy is totally stable i'm fine so um I, I it's 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 not such a great lifestyle but you can get away with it it kind of mitigates it and the fun you know nothing's as fun as playing drums believe me so you know i i i have to have to sort of have a trade-off somewhere but um yeah i it, with me it was a very roundabout route so it's very difficult to tell with me because, you know, I, I, I made so many mistakes, which, you know, I think is, is really when I, I talk about that, it's, it's, it's probably the main reason why the people who come to me come to me, because I, I can tell them every mistake and what it feels like, you know, from firsthand experience and tell them why this happens and how to get around it. And I think it's, it's quite good for some people to, to um, um, talk to somebody that's been through it, you know, really been through it. And um, you know, it was probably I did in 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 three four years probably what I could do for somebody else now in three four months. That that's how I see it going. So you know, when I went carnivore, it was just like a miracle for me because I just didn't have to do anything else, and there was no flares if I was completely strict. And so, but I was already almost there. Sure. You know, what about the your fatty? So what what do you kind of eat? in a day what's what do you consider fatty cuts of meat uh, um well what 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 i do uh, my favorite is lamb chops you know they're just right they seem okay. to have just yeah. the right amount of fat they're just great and i eat them quite a bit but we get a lot of lamb mints and make burgers the kids would take that to school you know my I love mm-hmm. mostly carnival kids as they grow up they find their own crap as they go out to, to friends and, and whatever but um i i would eat just when I'm hungry, it's usually once a day or twice a day, maybe once one day, twice the next day. It's like a, a sort of three times every two days kind of thing, I'd say. Okay. But but also um, just beef. But if it's if it's not, I mean, I don't eat steak that much. I, I'm not. I like it, but not. I'm not a massive fan. I'd, I'd rather have burgers or, or roast beef or something like that, or make it into burgers. And I will. Um, to add fat, we go to a grass-fed place and um, <clears throat> just get a load of their fatty offcuts, you know, and then you get this really nice fat and then you can chop it up, obviously, into little cubes and render it down into your own tallow. So if I fry up some mint, some ground beef, you know, uh, as you call it over there, guys, I was on my autoimmune club thing and we were chatting about mints and, and a couple of the Americans going, what on earth is mints? And that's what we call it. But uh, uh, then then you can sort of add some extra tallow if it's not fatty enough. You can put a little bit of bone broth in to make it, you know, uh, give it a sauce. And that's it, really. Just uh, uh, salt, white pepper sometimes. But that's about it. You know, once in a blue moon now, I can do something like go and have a curry. But it, it, it'll be no bread, okay. no rice, obviously. But sure. it, it's funny, isn't it, though? After that long as, as a carnivore, you... <laughs> 
it's like a taste explosion. It's like an almost unbearable experience where it's like a fairground ride or something, but it's fun now and again. But I, nothing, nothing flares me. In fact, you know, when I was really sick, um, potatoes, fries or whatever, if even a mouthful or so would flare me more than even bread. And but now I, I, I was cooking. It was, I don't know, about three years ago at Christmas, I think. And I was cooking uh, um, Christmas dinner for the family. And it was a great big rib roast, you know. And um, I th- and, and they wanted some roast potatoes. So absolutely fine. You know, that's not going to break kids if that's all they eat, you know, now and again. Sure. And and so I did some roast potatoes. And the, the only vegetable I mean, I don't miss salads, veg, nothing. Rice, pasta, bread, nothing like that. Never miss it. But potatoes with loads of butter on. Now they do taste great, you know, and, and, and I thought, do you know what? I'm going to try some. I'm going to, I'm probably going to limp tomorrow, but I'm just going to have a binge on some potatoes. <clears throat> I hadn't done it for years. And so I had a great big binge on potatoes. Next day, stomach didn't feel ideal, but absolutely no flair, you know? And I thought, well, okay. So, you know, every now and again, I'll have a little bit of that. But to, to be honest, I'm still, you know, at least 99.5% carnivore. But once in a blue moon, if there's some nice potatoes or something, I'll go, right, I'm going to have that 50-50 with butter or whatever. And I'm not that I'm not so good on dairy. Like for the first four years of um, of carnivore, I, I just ate sort of meat and butter. And that was fine. No problem with the joints. But then um, my missus, she was diagnosed with Graves' disease. And so we got on to our good friend Sophia Clements at Paleo Medicina, you know, and, and she's, she's amazing. But she said, look, even a couple of molecules of dairy is going to keep certain things going. And Graves is one of them. And so the missus was saying, uh, you know, oh, it's going to be difficult doing that. And so I gave up butter with her and I hadn't really I, I didn't have any autoimmune issues from it. But then I noticed that um, over that winter, all the sinus issues went that I thought were um uh, uh, you know, central heating or whatever, dry air. And and my abs came out again, which were just like a bit down. I mean, I never get I never get fat anymore. But, you know, if you, 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 you don't get ripped all the time unless you do. And, and I realized that sure. um, the dairy was causing that, you know, and it was some sort of inflammation or some sort of I, it wasn't even overeating because um, I just replaced it with the same amount of calories probably with tallow. And it was just that little tweak. And I thought, wow, I never noticed for these four years. Because, you know, it's funny, isn't it? If you have something absolutely horrendous and crippling and you get rid of it, you can often think, well, that's it, I'm done. But there's always better you can do. Because <laughs> there's some right, of these little right. things that you think, oh, they don't matter because I can walk again, you know? Yes, and that was, that yes. was an interesting I, one. I have many clients that have autoimmune and they can't do dairy and they can't even do butter. They can't even do raw butter. Yeah. So it's um, there's something about butter that just exacerbates the inflammation maybe from autoimmune. Um, and what's interesting about the potatoes are they're in the family of nightshades, which can cause inflammation in the body. And that, so maybe it was accumulation of many things that were causing inflammation in your body. And now as you've done so much healing that if you have one small thing, it's not enough to really make you flare or feel unwell. And it's just to me shows that your body has become that much more resilient. Your immune system is that much more stronger. Um, I, I've been really going down this rabbit hole of trauma and how it affects the body. And one thing they brought up as a way to heal is music and how people's stimulation of music and, and even people singing together one song, you feel way more connected and all of that really helps the body to start feeling that they're in a safe place. So I wonder if all of your, you know, your passion and love for drumming, which it's very obvious. And then just having a little bit of potatoes is not a big deal because your body has healed so much. And so it's pretty 
fascinating. And I love that. That's where I want people to get to is you can dabble in a few things, you know, your baseline of health is need only, but if you can dabble in that, that's real life and that's true healing instead of, I'm so scared. I can never touch something because it has something in it. Um, so it's amazing. It sounds like you that have was, healed. That, that was another great thing you said. I mean, I was I was listening to you uh, just yesterday with, with Anthony, you know, and <laughs> okay. it was it was a very cool thing you said where you're saying to people, it's very daunting if you say um, you have to eat meat forever. You know, it's just to say, look, you yeah. know, this is a reset and then see how you feel. And don't you find that like three months down the line or so they're saying, hey, you know, most of those cravings have, have disappeared anyway. And I don't I, I, I'm not I don't want all those things. You know, I, I, I was listening to how you work with people and whatever. And it's really almost exactly identical to the way that I, think I believe it, it. You know, quite often, you know, you listen to people you go, that's interesting. I wouldn't do it that way, but I wouldn't um, I, I won't discount it. I'll look into it. Sure, you know, I never sure. discount anything. But with you, it was like, yes, yes, that's what I do. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think you've absolutely nailed it. And quite a lot of the people who, um, you know, ha- ha- are, are, are sort of very educated in it, in the, in the way that you are, they tend to kind of go by the book and they don't kind of understand a lot of the subtleties of it, you know. And they're great, you know, they get people well. But, you know, I won't mention any names, but the big fruit eaters on in the carnivore world. But, you know, I think that sometimes it's all theory and there needs to be, you know, a, 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 at least at least a hell of a lot of experience with clients and open-mindedness and seeing what's Absolutely. happening, you know, or, or, and or great experience of your own healing, you know, and exactly how things feel because there are certain subtleties that you're never going to get from a book, even a really good carnivore book. Thank you, Phil. I mean, I, I love a lot of the research I do. I, I find science and research so fascinating but then you meet clients that challenge you and you realize, ooh, so liver doesn't work for everybody or ooh, wait, so beef only isn't going to fix everything. And that's where you start hearing the real life stories where you have to accommodate for that and know that your messaging has to be very tailored. And there's so much nuance in healing because not everybody is the same. And so I think because you also work with a lot of people that are autoimmune um, struggling with autoimmune, we probably have a lot of that nuance that we see in the carnivore community, which then makes us very mindful of the messaging we share because we know for every single person and the hardest cases we have, they're so different. Mm-hmm. And one way is not always the answer. And saying that to you, I, I'm curious, I have some autoimmune clients where the needle doesn't move enough with carnivore. Um, have you seen that at all? I had one client, for example, she was struggling with debilitating rheumatoid arthritis. And then if she were to eat just beef and lamb, her uric acid levels were starting to go up and she just wasn't feeling well. So like you, she would do a lot of fasting and that would help her, but then she was starting to lose too much weight. But I could never figure out exactly like she couldn't do too much fat because that would cause her to flare and just a lot of things. Have you had clients where the diet itself wasn't moving the needle enough. And what do you think could have been? Yeah. And that, that sounds like quite a typical case of things that go wrong. And <laughs> I, I would say, you know, I there's a bit of woo-woo that I use that is probably the only... Totally down for woo-woo. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's sort of, it's sort of a bit of physical woo-woo, but it's the sort of thing okay. that if you Google, you find that it's absolute nonsense and it doesn't work. Um, and and that is liver flushing. Now, mm, okay. it's it's... It's the only thing, and, and Dr. Jeremy Ayers, who I work with as well, you know, in the, in the Human Unleashed okay. thing, and both of us have seen such incredible results with it. It was the only thing that was really helping me 
out of the 950 things that I tried when I was vegan. And this comes to a lot of the vegan types, you know, oh, you do liver flushing, this book, you know, The Amazing Liver and Gallbladder Flush by Andreas Moritz. Now, Andreas Moritz was an absolute genius. His emotional stuff, his spiritual stuff, beautiful books. But he was stuck in the plant-based thing and he died at 57. And so I think that was right, probably right. his problem. But this liver flushing, I mean, I've done, I think, probably coming up to 60 of them now. I don't do many now. I just do them at the turn of the seasons, you know, at <clears throat> those times when there's um, natural detoxes at the equinoxes and sort of helps the body along. And, and you know, at times when they decide to fake pandemics <laughs> and, totally and um, you know, uh, the, the, I, I find that they work incredibly well with people who have got sort of toxicity of the liver. Now, does it work okay. like that? I don't know. But, you know, you get people with really severe eczema, even my missus with a, a, a keloid scar. She's from Tanzania. So it's very, very, very black skin. And, and she had a keloid scar on, on a, um, um, a cesarean scar. And you're supposed okay. to not be able to get rid of those. You know, like 12 liver flushes in, like about a year, once a month, and, and, and it's flat, it's gone. And all kinds of amazing things like that I see with, with sort of liver issues. Some people, I don't know whether that's something to do with me, because I, I think I have seen those cysts disappear on scans, which they said was impossible. Mm. You know, getting rid of fatty liver is fairly easy, but how did I get rid of those cysts? Was it something to do with the liver flush? Mm. I don't know, but I've seen it. You know, the, the, the woman on the, on the ultrasound machine was turning me over and over trying to find them, you know, didn't believe me to start. I said... Oh, have the cysts gone as well? No, you can't get rid of them. And I said, have a look at my records, you know, and she was looking it up and there they were. Wow, how did you do that? And I told her and she said, well, isn't that dangerous? And I said, well, you know, just a bit of, you know, olive oil once a month or something and some Epsom salts and and you think that's dangerous and you want me to take methotrexate. <laughs> it's, like, it's weird, isn't it? But I don't know, whatever it does, I, I found that that kind of eases it up and makes people digest fats a lot better. It seems that it doesn't clear out it's said to be a gallbladder flush, but it's very difficult to get those calcified yeah. stones out. But there are ways, you know, and there are certain drugs that are useful short term, like ursodiol. And so you can shrink down the gall, gall stones with ursodiol um, or maybe chancopiedra or whatever, if you get lucky or the whole sort of um, um, olive oil and, and, reg and regular kind of lemon juice thing. Sometimes that works, but ursodiol does nail them and it, it shrinks them down, but they never give it to people. Because they know that with the ridiculous diets that they recommend, the gallstones always come back again. And so they just cut out the gallbladder, which I think is butchery. I think it's horrific because it can lead to all kinds of things. It can actually have a knock-on effect to heart disease. You know, if you, Jack Cruz has a, is quite hot on that. Um, a friend of mine just fell foul of that, actually, who um, actually sat next to Jack Cruz at dinner with me and asked, you know, what's happening? He's, he got them shrinking down with ursodiol, but then he was in Singapore and they say you can't have any more. Then he got a huge attack. He was in so much pain. He had his gallbladder cut out. And he said to Jack, you know, what, what happens now? And then Jack just went, you know, and, and a few years later, yeah, he had a heart attack. And, and you know, whether that's, but it, but it was kind of predicted <clears throat> due to that. And I think it, one of these can be a knock-on effect, but uh, I'm waffling. But it's so many rabbit holes out there about all of this stuff. But I, I think, you know, with somebody who can't take it and, and, and is feeling not so great on that, um, I would say also, you know, if the uric acid comes up, this can often, I, I think uric acid is somewhat misunderstood and it can sometimes be a uh, almost like the paramedic at the car crash, like cholesterol and not the cause of the crash. And so I think something else might be going on there where there's probably an oxalate dump going on because uric acid levels come up when there's an oxalate dump. And I, I, I would kind of look at that. <clears throat> but it's a difficult one with oxalates because there's the only way to really stop it is start eating oxalate foods again. And so and so you're sort of stopping, you're, you're putting off the problem into the future. And 
So I would be inclined to just go cold turkey and just say, you know, because and just hope they don't form kidney stones because having been there, it's horrific. Um, right. So uh, I, I, I don't know what what I find sometimes as well with people is that there are certain deficiencies that you go into carnivore with that you might not fix with carnivore, but which would never be caused by carnivore. So, you know, and it's also kind of difficult to guess those for me because I don't work with blood tests or whatever. If somebody's had blood tests, okay. I can look at them and I can understand most of what's on there. Mm-hmm. But somebody who can really interpret them with the, because people don't really get deficiency tests and stuff, you know, over here. They just get the basic ones that help them to sell statins and all that crap, you know. So, I, I you know, I don't know if you've heard of Elliot Overton. He's got EO. I, I have. Yeah. I've had him on my channel long ago. <laughs> Lovely. But yes, yeah, yeah. about diamine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Elliot's Elliot's a friend of mine. He doesn't live far from me, you know, and and he's a lovely dude. He's great. And so he's very good with the kind of thing of of carnivores who have got certain deficiencies and they can, um, and and, and then to find out what those deficiencies actually are, which would be some safe supplements to take for a not very long time, which don't have a load of fillers that keep the gut leaky, and, and then exactly when to start and when to stop them. You know, not just go into a health food shop, um, Ill, sorry, an ill health food shop. Most of them are, aren't they? And go and get a blunderbuss approach of just getting everything off the shelves and um, and just taking it all. And that's rubbish because you're not absorbing it. You're just keeping the gut leaky and eating some rubbish. So, so yeah, there are certain instances. I mean, quite often you can get everything fixed of the of the sort of main problem. But then there are little issues, and then there might be some some uh, use for sorting out the B vitamins or some people actually do need a bit of a boost of, of vitamin C for a while. They don't, they don't get scurvy, but they get sort of little subclinical signs of, of, sure. of it. And, and, but once it's boosted, as long as they're not eating, you know, vitamin C free carbs with, with the meat, then they'll probably be fine, you know, on, on just the meat, you know, cause as you know, it's the same kind of pathway as the carbs. And, you know, it's the first question everybody asks, isn't it? Where'd you get your vitamin C? But, um, yeah. So, so yeah, there, there are things, but also it's not just that it's, that's the sort of thing that I'd send them to Elliot for, you know, when they're kind of 95% better, <clears throat> but there, there are also other things like emotional issues, you know, you get like, I had, I've, I've talked about it quite a bit, but there was one sort of issue I had where I, I, I won't go into it too much here, but it, it, I fixed some emotional issue and my ankles healed up 100% while the knees were still raging and it was definitely in my body. Now, how did that happen? You know, and, and if, if you look at, um, you, you know, you ask a rheumatologist, why is it in my left knee and not my right knee or something? They'll just look at you blankly. They have no answer. But to me, I think, you know, if you get some of these great books like um, The Secret Language of Your Body by Inner Seagull or the old Louise Hay ones, but that particular Inner Seagull one is, is very much like that. And it sort of traces even down to individual vertebrae, you know, what might be the emotional cause. And it's not always spot on, but very often people read it and they go, hang on, I have an issue that's kind of similar to that. You know, oh, I see where that's going. Yes, that's a problem of mine, you know. And I think, you know, all this digging into childhood and stuff is probably a bit too much. It's very simple for me. Again, I like to simplify things and it's usually your 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 worst sort of emotional issue or your biggest worry or your biggest fear or something is often your biggest symptom. And then you kind of clear those both together and then you go down a level and you go, "Ah, oh, there's another worry or fear or 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 whatever, or false belief or whatever it is." You know, and to get people doing things like EFT or the work of Byron Katie and things like that, you know, and then you can often get get somebody from sort of a hell of a lot better to healed. 
Yes. Um, I love all of what you said. First, I'll bring up the liver gallbladder flush. I have several clients that have totally recommended I have the book. And so I, I'm a fan too. I, the apple juice part, you can always yeah, switch yeah, it up. Yeah, right? all so you need I totally get the it. Malic acid or, or cider vinegar. Don't yes, that yes. You don't need to eat plural base for a week. You just fast for a couple of days before and back bile yes. up. There's ways around it. You don't need to do any of that plant-based rubbish. Yeah, so we carry on. So I, I, I love it. Um, I always think it's a lever that people can use, especially if they're not healing. And I've heard wondrous stuff about all of the gallbladder flushes and liver flushes. So I'm totally in agreement. I just don't bring it up as much because, you know, people always are like, meat heals everything. And so I, in my private practice, I talk with my clients about it. So I agree with that. And then in terms of the mental side, I think it's really important. You know, we we know the FDA accepts new medications if they can prove that there is efficacy beyond the placebo effect. So that already shows that our mind has so much power over what our bodies feel and don't feel. So a person takes a sugar pill or a water pill, and they feel that they feel better because they believe they're taking the medication. And they show it time and time again with the placebo effect. And if we understand that, Anything negative in our life will impact our bodies, the way we view the world, the way if we are in a bad relationship, in a bad job or a stressful state, we view everything as um, I'm, I'm bitter or I'm negative and or I'm going to try this diet. It, it probably won't work for me. And there's all these negative thoughts. And I absolutely believe that, you know, the, that book, The Body Keeps the Score, I really believe that when we have trauma and some of it could be from childhood, some of it can just be our belief systems, but it's like, where did that belief system even start? Is it from a childhood event? Maybe you have to get that healed. I'm not really entirely sure. It depends on the person, but overall meat only can heal so much, but if there's a negative view of the world it and, and not relating to the pandemic and things like that, but I mean, truly that the, the world just dislikes me and, I, I always get the worst lot in life. If if those are the beliefs in your mind, it will impact your healing. And I've seen it so much with our, with my clients, and I'm sure you've seen it with your clients. And, and so a lot of my autoimmune or the chronic illness clients, I, I get into the mental space because I think there is so much healing that's required there. I had a client recently that I was telling her to do some limbic system, EFT, uh, mindfulness, intuitive thinking, a lot of those things. And she told me that she didn't realize that she has this negative chatter in her mind all the time. So someone's coming and it's like, oh no, um, my boss is mad at me or, oh no, I'm probably in trouble for something. Oh, I didn't do a good enough job. And there's this negative chatter that she never realized was there and it's probably impacting her healing. And so I, I love that you brought it up because I do think it's so important. Oh, absolutely. It's huge. I think, I think it's also, um, it, it's very much where things go in the body. You know, you can, you can often tell what somebody's going to come up with when you start digging into the emotional side by where the issue is, you know, just like those the Louise Hay and the Inner Seagull books and whatever. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's very much straight away you can tell. You know, if somebody comes in like with, with uh, uh, say, um, polycystic ovarian syndrome or, or, or um, <clears throat> what is the other one? Why have I forgotten it? In the womb. And I've uh, the inflammation in the Fibro- uh, Fibrosis? Fibroids? Well, fibrosis is another one, you know, but... Um, endometriosis there's the one there's the one yeah <laughs> and I'm crazy I had a client with that the other day and I'm forgetting the name of it god all these scientific terms I'm just a drummer you know now I mustn't say that Jeremy always gives me a spanking when I say that no you're not you understand all this right but yeah. um, it, it's the it's the mindset again yeah 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 it is yeah yeah no I only <laughs> joke about that but um 
yeah, you, you can always tell. You kind of go, okay, so there's been some trauma here and there's very often some trauma and so uh, very often some very deep trauma, very often some sexual trauma, you know, some awful mm-hmm. things that have happened in the past if there's some issue down there. And, and, and this is, you see it again and again. You know, obviously the doctors would say this is terrible woo-woo and whatever, but if you just look at, at, at how healthy we are, I mean, <clears throat> I, I had Mary Ruddick on my, I've got a podcast series called Red Pill Buddhas, and, and I, I had Mary Ruddick on the other day. It's not released yet. I think it'll be out in a day or so. But what a wonderful conversation. And the joy that Mary has. I mean, it's ridiculous. She never stops smiling, yes. does she? Not for a second. I know. She's amazing. And, and she was just saying that she had a, you know, the joy of these people, these indigenous people, was brought home when she had a child, came to, to sit on her lap and started giggling. And four hours later, they were just giggling at each other still. You know, there's just this unadulterated joy where you don't need a screen you don't need a phone you don't need a tv you don't need any of that they are just that happy in the moment and and in a situation like that you build a house you don't have the mortgage company coming to repossess it you know you don't have you you are in the moment you're not in this perpetual fight or flight um and 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 just worrying about something that's going to happen you know that if you need to go out and hunt and kill something you can do that and and that's probably your greatest joy you know like when I go out fishing, I love it. There's nothing I like better than, apart from drumming maybe, than going out and fishing, doing night fishing. You know, I love it. I don't even eat what I catch. But it's just so, it's so wonderful being, um, being out in nature and, 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 and being in touch with, with the whole of, of, you know, what's going on and around the clock as well. So few people are ever out in nature at night and the things that I've seen and the things that I've heard, you know, just being out there, it just really fuels the soul. And, and these people are doing this all the time. And so they're in a far better state. It's not just about what they eat. Of course it isn't. It's about everything else. And, um, and, and this is what people don't realize. They just think it's, it's such a shame, isn't it? What makes me so sad? And, and, and you were saying as well, and it's what I was saying to somebody the, uh, the other day who said, oh, I was, I was carnivore for like three months and I felt really bad and this went wrong and that went wrong. <clears throat> and you were saying you feel really sad about people who have this, you know, At, because if they worked with somebody, they could have sorted this out. And then they go back to these plants because whatever, you know, the microbiome's in a state where it's still got that, that, that sort of uh, issue where it can do, deal with the plants a bit and the meat was kind of kicking things up a bit and things were going wrong. It would have passed if they'd have known how to pass. You know, even some people who get the electrolyte issues, then they give up because <clears throat> they don't understand that just a little bit of salt in water would sort out cramps and palpitations and stuff like that. And it'd be just like, it was funny, you know, um, uh, a few years ago there was a guy came to me for a consult and uh, he, he had this big business in a, a local town and, and I, I knew he had a bunch of money and, and, and he well, wasn't really anything wrong with him. He just said, look, I've got cramps at night. And, and I, I thought, well, this is going to be easy. We had a great chat. You know, I love chatting to people. We had a good chat and whatever, but really all I could give him was look, just take a bunch of Celtic sea salt in some water, swill it down. It's nasty. Take another swill of some water and you know, whenever it happens and if it's still there, do it again. And, and I thought, you know, I can't really charge him for that. And then a few days later, he said to me, I've paid you double because it's totally sorted it. (laughs) You know, you see it so much when people have got these cramps and palpitations and whatever. And just in that adaption phase, uh, you know, you need maybe the electrolytes balanced up and what, and it can be so simple. And just these simple little answers that turns people all the way back to vegetarianism and veganism and God knows what, or some Mediterranean diet, and then they're in that whole morass of plant toxins again and too many, co- co- you know, confounders to ever realize exactly what's going on and what's causing a problem. 
And that, that, that makes me sad when I see that because then often they're kind of lost, you know, and they, they think, well, that made me feel worse than anything else. And just to work with somebody and have, a, you know, some people just go and eat, eat some meat and they get better. <laughs> but, you know, not everyone, as you say. It's interesting that in the carnivore space or maybe even the keto space with very limited carbs, but whenever there's a problem or hiccup or anything, the answer is it's because we need more carbs. And I just find it so interesting because with any other illness or imbalance, we don't say it's just a certain macronutrient. And I just find, I think it's a lot of that mainstream thinking of we need carbohydrates for energy. And it's it's just not true. I, th- I think that maybe people are under eating or they're not getting enough salt or they're the timing, or maybe they need to do a liver gallbladder flush, or maybe there's something else. But it's just interesting that the answer is always we need carbs when we've most of us have eaten carbs our whole life and we're not well. And in fact, we've been become more sick. Yet when we're in the carnivore diet or a ketogenic diet, we think it's the carbs. And I just find it so the logic is just not there. And it's just it's just so unfortunate because people are so close to getting to root cause healing with this. Maybe carnivore is not the only answer. Maybe they also need to do, you know, trauma work or get some more light. But carnivore is a big step in the right direction. And when people start adding back more carbs, they never can taste that level of healing. And it's just such a sad state. I know. I, and this, this great, you know, craze um, with, um, with, with fruit and whatever, I think Anthony might have nailed it, that a lot of these people are, well, the three main ones I'm thinking, you know, who have, who have, who have come out with this, you know, is Frank Tofano and Carnival Aurelius, who's wonderful, amazing, funny, and great. He's a nice person. Yeah, yeah, yeah great. And <laughs> and just, and yeah. Paul Fruit Saladino, as they're starting to call him now, you know, and 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 great. I mean, God, I listen to his podcast, and again, like Jack, it just the science blows me away, and I've learned so much from him. But I wonder. I, I don't say it is, but I wonder if it is the fact that these are the the, the guys who have been really piling in the organ meats and. Maybe maybe they need uh, something to to um, stop the uptake of it. You know, instead of it's my old thing. If you know, if you're sitting on a pin, get off the pin. Don't take an aspirin. And I, I'm wondering whether you know the, the, this all this fruit is a bit of an aspirin, and maybe they just need to cut back on the on the the the, the liver and 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 all the supplements. And you know, they're selling the supplements as well. So you know, they don't want to let go of the business and whatever. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm honestly not bad-mouthing these guys because they, I've got so much from them. They're fantastic. But I just wonder. It's, it's just interesting to me that that might be the issue, you know, because I used to have a time where I really, really craved liver, you know, and I would, I would have it and then that'd be enough and then whatever. And then mm-hmm. for the first time, I threw some meat away, you know, about a month ago or so. I got some liver out of the freezer. I've got a load in there, actually. And I got some out because I thought, oh, I really should eat some of that, you know, and I didn't really crave it and I just didn't want it. And, and I, it went bad and I threw it away and I kind of felt guilty because, you know, when you have the compost tray in the, in the, in the fridge, you know, with all the salads and stuff, it's always going rotten and you're always throwing it away, but not with me, you don't, you don't throw it away. It's, it's precious stuff. And so I felt bad about that, but just, I, I've had enough. And I've seen the same with my son, you know, he's seven now and he's basically been, you know, he, he just breast milk and then weaned onto meat and he, for two years, he didn't have anything else. Now he has, you know, the odd bit of potatoes and, 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 and of course, he's a chocolate addict like all kids are. But basically, he's still carnivore. But he doesn't eat fruit. He doesn't eat – he's never eaten a vegetable. And um, and, and he, he's fine. But I, I found that with the liver, he would eat tons of it. And then it's just like now he doesn't want any. But he would actually eat plates of it. 
And then suddenly I think his body's full and he's had enough of that stuff, you know, and your body kind of sure. tells you, doesn't it? You know, your senses get refined where I, I think, you know, it's a lamb day today or it's a beef day today or I need a bit of fish today. Or I tell you what, sometimes I just know that I need a bunch of oysters. I don't know whether it's auto suggestion from Jack who thinks that everybody should eat nothing but oysters, but, you know, from Jack Cruz. But it, it, it definitely when I started eating them, and I don't like them particularly, you know, we eat them raw and it's, it's a bit of a, you know, bush tucker challenge or whatever to get them down. I don't, I, I've got past the stage where I actually feel like I'm going to throw up. It's just <laughs> like, yeah, it's not very nice, but somehow my body needs them. And, and, and sometimes it tells me that every few months or something, or, right. and I'll have a bunch of oysters in. and you can get that wonderful refined uh, uh, thing of what the body actually needs, you know? Yes. Um, Oysters are rich in minerals. So I can totally see why your body would eventually start craving them. I I agree with you with the liver stuff. I mean, one thing that's wonderful about eating liver in its meat form is that your body will say, oh, I've had enough. And I hear that all the time. But when you take it in a supplement form or a like a liver crisp form, the problem is that you, you lose some of the satiety cues and that's the risk of it. And I have respect for all of them as well. So I, I, I totally understand that. My other preponderance also was they all are grass-finished fans. And so they were all eating leaner meats. I wonder if they weren't eating enough of an energy source, right? So they were limiting carbs. I know all of them fasted in one way or another. They were eating heavy organs, but they also were eating grass-finished meats, which my guess is maybe they were eating 55% fat maybe it wasn't enough and they weren't feeling well because their energy was just dipping and they're all relatively thin. So, well, none of us really know how carnivore Aurelius looks, but I think he's pretty thin. So given all that, I wonder if it's also that they weren't eating sufficient fat. And I am a proponent of carnivore being ketogenic because I think if the fat is too low, you're not supporting your body enough with enough energy. And as you said, you love fatty meat too. And I think that's a big way to heal on a carnivore diet. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I feel much better when the fats are right up. You know, I mean, it's a great way to to, look, to dump some fat, you know, short term, isn't it? To go, you know, lean meat for a while, but it's yes, not a very yes. good thing to, to do while healing. I think this is one of the main reasons that um, paleo medicina have their really, really high fat thing in their PKD right. diet, which I think works really, really well. I find that work, works really, really well. So I like to get people digesting fats properly so that they can handle those levels of fats because um when you do i think all proteins when the gut's really leaky can go through and cause a reaction that doesn't mean to say they're keeping the gut leaky and it's not like the horrible glutens and whatever that got the gut leaky in the first place but that you know if if you eat a load of lean meat you can still get a good reaction you know you can get a good autoimmune reaction in 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 the start of that until the gut heals and then it's fine so you know, the very high fat is, is, is obviously the way to go to, to, to mitigate that to start with. Because a lot of times people go, oh, I'm still getting flares. And you have to say, no, look, it, it, it could well be the protein. What are the fat levels you're having? You, don't, you can't expect to be sick for 20 years and get, get well in a week. You know, they, they, they get very, very impatient. You know, they have that mentality of like there's a pill that can fix me overnight or whatever. And the carnivore diet becomes that pill. And, and it doesn't work like that. But you, you need to, I mean, I think... The number one important thing that I I want to get across to people when I consult with them is confidence. You know, I will spend so long talking to them about, you know, the ancestral heritage, exactly what it is, how meat has has been demonized, how, 
you know, we've been totally taken away from what is the truth about diet. Everything is upside down. And here's why. And we have a, a, a new book coming out, we, The Red Pill Food Revolution. And honestly, I can say this because I'm only a quarter of it, but there's, there's three other authors, but it's brilliant. I think it covers everything, the whole history of it and why this has happened mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and uh, you know, how we've been fooled over the centuries and why, you know, usually by spiritual and religious influence, you know, which comes up with these weird vegetarian subsets because there's never been a, a vegetarian or vegan culture in history, as you know. But just these weird subsets, you know, who somebody says, oh, you'll never get enlightened if you eat meat or some of this nonsense, you know. And, and so it's, it's, I think the most important thing I say to people is confidence. And when they have confidence, they understand and they won't turn back. It's because if you, if you see it as just another diet, like, okay, you've got Atkins, you've got this, you've got the South Beach diet or whatever it is, you've got the Mediterranean diet, you've got all of this. Oh, they all work and they've all, you know, they and, and it's all about calories in, calories out. And it's all, oh, my God. You know? And you hear all this stuff, all these old myths. And you have to say, look, here's why it works. I can tell you how to fix yourself in five minutes. You know, get the light sorted, get the diet sorted, eat fatty meat and eat nothing else. And and and, and then we'll work on some emotional stuff. This is this is how to heal. You can just that's it. That's done. But unless you give people some confidence why, you know, and, 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 and why they're, they're, all their trusted sources are probably wrong and why this dude sitting in front of you now is probably right. And it was like, I have to say, it took me 30 years to realize this, you know, when I was studying diet and writing about it. So I was wrong for those 30. And it was only the past 10, I put it really started to put the piece of the puzzle together. I say, I'm trying to give you all of that in, say, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes of the first part of a consult. Uh, listen, listen to me, because this is the magic of, of understanding, you know, why you should have that absolute confidence that this is the way to go, the ancestral way. You know, it might not be the best. It might be something better. I often say maybe, you know, you can put a dog poo on your head and jump up and down on one leg for two weeks and everything's healed. I don't know. Maybe there's a better way. But it's the best way, I think, the most spectacular way I've ever seen. You know, and I've worked with people with all sorts of diets with limited results and middling results and whatever. You have to pinch yourself sometimes at the results of carnivore. You have to go, wow, this is just so spectacular. Nobody else dreams about this. And, and you can't just tell somebody outright how good it is. We're seeing cancer reversals. You know, I mean, it is a video on my YouTube channel of my mum's breast cancer reversing. And you can see it's sort of coming to ulcerate through the skin and then it just reverses. And, you know, that was just carnivore diet and a... And a um, uh, iodine protocol and it was very simple and she was 93 years old you know and, and it's 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 we see this we we see this a lot but you can't that video gets shadow banned obviously because that that's their big cash cow they don't mind you know arthritis cures but they they really don't like to see people helping people with cancer because otherwise you can get bumped off you know i mean there's some awful things happen to people who say that they can help people fix cancer but you know it's 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 such such a dream to see this kind of healing but it's very difficult obviously isn't it to get it across to somebody in half an hour why they should do it but after a while they do and then you see their confidence go down again and they see they see that you have to uh, you know you, you, you oh i want to go back to plants i feel better on this maybe i should try this or maybe i should try that you know and that's what i did jumping from one thing to another each week and you're never going to see you're never going to see the results and even if you do you're going to be confused as to what happened what what, what it was that actually did it so I would say, yeah, to anybody listening, just 
get absolute confidence, always research, go onto the carnival groups, chat to other people. That's why I've got this, um, this autoimmune club together. I love it when the people who are healing at different stages of their journey can talk to each other and support each other. Cause it's not just me talking, you know, and we have a real laugh and you, you can, you know, you, you, they can chat to each other and, and, and what's happened in the past couple of weeks and whatever. And how have you felt? Oh, I'd never thought of that, you know, and often it's easier to learn something from somebody who's like one rung up the ladder from you rather than 10 or 15, because it's more credible. Somebody comes up and goes, hey, I'm completely cured and all that. It's like, oh, it's so demoralizing. I've got so far to go. But if somebody goes like, hang on a minute, I'm, t- I'm, I'm three weeks into carnivore and you haven't started yet, but the first week was hard. And then now, actually, my fingers are starting to unseize and I don't have that brain fog and I don't have that. And things are starting to, and I'm hopeful you know, then it's more realistic for people and whatever. So, yeah, confidence in any way you can get it and support and very important. Sorry, that Thank was a big, big, rant, really... big rant about confidence. No, I love it. <laughs> I, lo- I love the, I think it's really important to have people just get the taste of meat-only carnivore and bits of healing so that then they have the confidence that against all the things are, that are told to us about meat causes cancer, meat causes everything. And um, and then they can wake up and realize that, hey, actually, maybe meat only really is a way to heal and I can get my life back. And like you're saying, it really goes back to the confidence of believing that your diet is the right way of a lifestyle. And so I love everything you said. You know, thank you so much for your time. Where can people learn more about you, um, your YouTube channel, the Facebook group, as well as the books that you were talking about? Ah, uh, Cool. Yeah, well, my, my book, um, Arthritis is the Best Thing That Ever Happened to Me, <laughs> that's, that's on the satanic Amazon. And it's still there because I put it on there years ago. I really don't know what to do and where else to sell it. But um, I get it. That's on me. that's on Amazon and Kindle and whatever. But um, I, I think the work that I'm the most proud of that I'm doing now is um, is my work with um, with the guys at thehumanunleashed.com um, or okay. theredpillrevolution.com. And you know, we we've integrated everything about the ways that you've been lied to we've got um very very naughty videos going all the way back to the beginning of you know 2020 where we saw through all that nonsense in about five minutes and and um i I think you know all the times we were called conspiracy theorists and had our channels uh you know stripped of various videos and strikes against the channel and whatever i i think you know a lot of them have come come to pass now Mm -hmm. and it it's not it's not very difficult to see the nonsense in all of that when you understand ancestral health, eh? You know, you can see that they're going down the wrong path with that, even if their methods work against this alleged disease. Even e- even if those methods work, it's not the way to do it because it's, it was all about comorbidities in the first place. So obviously understanding ancestral things, so the work that I do with those guys, and I mean, it goes into everything from the health to financial to, you know, political, which I, I'm really not up on, but some of the other guys are. So so we all, uh, you know, we do a big Q&A every week and, and People ask us all sorts of things, not just health, you know, about the monetary system and stuff like that. And the stuff I learned from these geniuses that I work with is fantastic. I love them. So the Red Pill books, Red Pill Revolution and uh, and um, uh, uh, the Human Unleashed for the health stuff, same guys. But um, also I have my YouTube channel that is just Phil Escott and I have a load of videos on there and interviews and, uh, you know, sometimes fun. I'm never too serious about stuff. You can't be too serious about anything. And um, then there's, uh, and, and I think I also, you know, I like to deal with the spiritual side of it. If anybody's into the sort of spiritual side, so a lot of people have contacted me saying you're the only one who seems to go into the spiritual side of it. There's a few more now, but I have videos on carnival diet and spirituality, you know, non-violence and ahimsa and, you know, why spiritual people are still dying of cancer and diet brainwashing and all that kind of thing. And that's, that's very hot for me because, you know, for, I didn't really mention before, but I mean, for 
sort of 30 odd years, I was pretty much a yogi, you know, I just sort of spend hours a day in Lotus and doing all the meditation and yoga and whatever. And that's what sucked me into the vegetarianism in the first place, because you get all that nonsense that goes along with it, because people have misinterpreted Ayurveda. So, so yeah, my YouTube channel. And uh, there we go. My, my, my website, my consults, I have the links for people though. It, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm waffling again, Judy, you know, you can never shut me up. No, no, I, it's totally fine. I will put all of it in the show notes. So thank you so much again. I, I, I love just talking about the nuances of carnivore and a lot of the healing that you just brought up. So thank you. Thank you. This was, this was wonderful. Okay, guys, I hope that this interview was helpful. I hope if anything that you can take away that confidence is really important in trying to stay consistent with carnivore. There is so much healing that can be done with meat only carnivore. And sometimes we need to find levers and it's not just a macro lever in terms of adding carbs, but that we may need to do other things, whether it's healing from trauma, emotions, lifestyle, getting more light and sun, all of these things may play a role in trying to make meat only carnivore truly be healing for you long-term. I hope this conversation just provides you another lever to get to root cause healing. Okay, guys, you know the drill. Make sure to eat a lot of meat. Take care of your bodies because it is the only place you have to live. I will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com slash groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.